Hello, and welcome to the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. In this episode, we will be looking at the 2020 film, The Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. In this series, we won't be doing a deep analysis of the film, or giving a bunch of behind-the-scenes facts, but rather giving our impressions of the overall film and giving a score to the film. So whip out those red and green lightsabers, celebrate Life Day, and enjoy this episode. The Lego Star Wars Holiday Special is a 2020 animated special based on the Star Wars franchise, in particular the 1978 Star Wars Holiday Special, and serves as a standalone sequel to the Star Wars sequel trilogy. The special was released on Disney Plus on November 17, 2020, 42 years to the day after the 1978 Holiday Special premiered on CBS. It was directed by Ken Cunningham, written by David Shane with James Waugh, Jason Kostler, Josh Rhines, and Leland Chi. Music by Michael Kramer. Executive producers are Jason Kostler, Jacqui Lopez, Keith Malone, Josh Rhines, James Waugh, and Jill Wilfert. Producers are Daniel Cavey and Dan Laganoy. Lagoy? Laganoy. Langoy. Langoy. Uh, yeah, I would imagine that's correct. Dan Langloy. Dan, you know who you are, <laughs> if you're listening. Production company Lucas Animation, The Lego Group, and Atomic Cartoons. Distributed by Disney Platform Distribution. The runtime is 49 minutes. It stars Helen Sadler as Ray, Matthew Wood as D.O. and Kylo Ren, Matt Sloan as Darth Vader, Trevor D- Duvall as Palpatine First Order Stormtroopers, and Mon Calamari, Eric Baza as Luke Skywalker and Stormtroopers, Omar Miller as Finn, Kelly Marie Tran as Rose Tico, Jake Green as Greedo, Poe Dameron and Snowtroopers, Tom Kane as Qui-Gon Jinn and Yoda, Billy D. Williams as Lando Calrosian, Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, James Arnold Taylor as Obi-Wan Kenobi, Matt Lanter as Anakin Skywalker and Rodians, A.J. Lacasio. Rodians. 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 Oh my god. <laughs> sorry, my nerd came out for a moment. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. <clears throat> Matt Lanter as Anakin Skywalker and Rodians, A.J. Lacasio as Han Solo and Jawas, Ben Pendergast as Maul and General Hux, D. Bradley Baker as Clone Troopers and Max Rebo, Gray Delisle as Maz Kanata, and Pedro Pascal as the Mandalorian. Fantastic. Yeah, it actually didn't have Pedro Pascal listed on the list, and I had to do a little digging, but he does provide like the one or two lines that he says. Mm-hmm. And I think he just kind of grunts, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, but it was him, so I listed him there. So diving into the plot, we'd be, I, I, it's interesting. This one... It, like all the other ones had, it has divided up into different sections, but it's really mm-hmm. just one narrative all the way through, mm-hmm. which I really liked. But we start off with the prologue, and the film begins with Yoda establishing that the First Order and the Sith were no more, saying that peace has spread across the galaxy. With freedom restored, Life Day could once again be celebrated. Yoda explains that Life Day is a holiday of friendship, family, and connection. The camera then shifts to the pages of a book. Yay! And uh, Yoda explains that Rey Skywalker and her friends had traveled to Kashyyyk to celebrate with Chewbacca and his family. However, he adds that the celebration would have to wait for Rey and Finn. 
And I wrote down an, unex- an unexpected book opening, 10 out of 10. Yay! <laughs> Round of applause for book opening. Yes. Listen, if you're making a film out there, and especially if it's a Christmas film, and you have a book opening, or excuse me, a holiday film, and you have a book opening, 10 out of 10. Easy. We have the segment Training Finn. Aboard the Millennium Falcon on the planet Kashyyyk, Finn trains with a training remote while yielding Ray's yellow lightsaber. As Finn struggles, Ray tells him to relax and concentrate. Since Finn is distracted by the Porgs, Ray places a hood on his head. She tells Finn to be mindful of his surroundings and asks if he can feel the remote. However, the remote stings Finn in the backside. When Finn express- expresses frustration, Ray reassures Finn that the Force is strong with him. She reminds him that a Jedi must let go. Misunderstanding Ray, Finn swings his lightsaber across the Millennium Falcon's passenger hold, causing some damage to the furniture. When his hood comes off, Finn eyes the training remote and slices it in half. Finn cheers, but the damaged training remote stings him in the backside once again, and Finn loses his temper. As Ray flips through the book, she wonders what she is not doing right. A frustrated Finn asks if she is sure that he is meant to become a Jedi. Ray tells him to hand her the lightsaber and explains that the Jedi text says that when we go down the wrong path, we must take another. She hands Finn a wooden lightsaber. Finn parries uh, with the newly replaced training remote, but it sets his wooden blade alight. Ray wonders what she is doing wrong. And if at any point you want to stop me, uh, just... Because yeah. I just... I, I don't have that Yeah, no, notes. I know. Yeah. I don't really have notes either. I think my <laughs> only thing here is just some, like... Are we even, like... Trying to train Finn already, like... For the next time the Sith Sith come back around, they're always going to come back. (laughs) More importantly, why are we trying to train Finn when, like, we just defeated the Order? Everybody relax. Yeah. Right? You barely know how to work a dang lightsaber. Like, what are we even doing here? They need a summer vacation They need a summer vacation. Oh, wait. (laughs) They already have one. Uh, It's funny, because we went backwards in in covering these. But I actually, this one, I'm just going to spoil it. This one, I think, is my favorite. Um, and I'll get into it why when we get to our overall score. But then the quote-unquote next segment is preparing for life day. They are interrupted by Poe Dameron, who tells them that they that they have got a, a life day party to set up. Poe is followed by Rose Tico, C-3PO, R2-D2, and Chewbacca. Poe mentions that Chewbacca's family is coming and that Wookiees like ripping arms off of things and parties. He assigns Finn to do uh, the decorating and asks Ray if she could help roast the tip yip. Ray murmurs in agreement before walking away. Lover of tip yip over here. I, I have yet to experience tip yip myself. I have had tip yip. So, tip yip is chicken. <laughs> next, uh, well, that's not surprising. But chicken, chicken in a really weird block mm. form. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. But uh, frustrated with herself, uh, teaching Finn, Ray goes below deck. To her personal Jedi library. Flipping through the books, Rey is upset that she can't train Finn despite following every teaching. Rey decides to meditate in the Force. She then feels a breeze which causes a brown Jedi book to drop. While reading the book, Rey smiles. And I wrote a note down here saying, I was laughing to myself while watching this thinking that the fanboy, uh, thinking of the fanboy's reaction to this being like, you can't train him because you were never trained, Rey. I mean, but that's how I feel, though. Like, I don't think, like, because... You're a toxic fanboy. <laughs> no, but, like, she doesn't, she barely knows what she's been doing. So, like, what yeah. do you mean? Yeah. Like, 
Of course you can't train. You barely know how to do anything. Who was Luke to train her, though? <laughs> I know. <laughs> he got, like, four hours with Obi-Wan, and I'll give him okay, three but... <laughs> days on Dagobah. <laughs> okay, but at least he had, like, years of experience, like... Afterward? After. Afterward. Yeah, like, he... this is happening, like, what, a month or two after? Like, maybe a year tops? Like... I don't know. And then he, he watched his dad throw an old man down, down a shaft. <laughs> oh, like, Lord. Uh, <laughs> Funny. I, I don't know. I'll 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 say you're you're right though for argument's sake. Um, Luke did have like years afterwards to train and go find Jedi texts and everything. And whereas Ray, this is like literally right after the First Order's defeated, and they're like, okay, like now I'm going to train the next Jedi, even though I barely know what I'm doing. I survived because Kylo Ren was nice enough to give up his life for me. Like he had yes. the hots for me, <laughs> and so um, anyway. Kylo was probably going to be a better teacher than any of you if he could teach you like yeah probably honestly out of every yeah out of everyone of like the new generation he has the most experience and everything i never thought about that before yeah most experience most training yeah he spent he spent years with luke and then years with um snoke, snoke. Yeah. so yeah so he's like the most useful everyone else yeah you're what right. are we even I, doing i never thought of that before That's everyone else needs to chill eat some tip hang out with chewie's family yeah and watch poe suck at planning a life day party yeah right like, <laughs> right do some meditation you yeah know, talk to the force ghosts a little bit yeah. more they'll give you some advice but yeah exactly meanwhile poe tells uh rose and chewbacca that they have to prepare for chewbacca's dinner ray then comes with the brown jedi book and reads a passage telling her to visit the temple on Corduku on Life Day, where a key to the galaxy's past will help make a Jedi's future clearer. BB-8 beeps while Rose realizes that it is not a tip-yip recipe. Sorry, that cracked me up. Chewbacca roars in frustration. When Finn asks what that means, Rey believes that she must go to Corduku in order to help them uh, with Finn's training. Finn thinks that Rey, as a Jedi Master, should take a break. Yeah, we agree. probably right. Yeah, agreed. Ray says that she has to go now, because today is life day, to the dismay of the others. Ray suggests that one of them could do the tip-yip, but Finn reminds her that this is about family. Poe quips that it is about the tip-yip until Rose punches him playfully. Ray promises not to miss the party, while BB-8 decides to leave. Dio pleads with BB-8 not to leave, but he follows Ray. Dio is lonely while Poe experiences an allergic reaction caused by the Wookiee fur and the tree pollen on Kashyyyk. Dameron says that generals don't cry and Rose, Rose adds that they lead. Poe decides to throw the greatest life day party in the history of the galaxy and tells them to decorate while he handles the tip yip. Poe admits that he doesn't know how to roast tip yip, but dons his chef's cap. <laughs> And I, I wrote down a note saying, so Poe is just an idiot in all these Lego specials, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like it's... He's just, you're a good looking idiot. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're here to look good and do nothing else, Poe. <laughs> so the next segment is called the, oh, I have to clean off my glasses and now I can't read the screen anymore. Um... Outside, Ray prepares to well, part I, on it. I, <laughs> I didn't say the title yet. Um, Too bad. <laughs> the Journey to Corduku. Corduku. I, 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 but I think they were saying Dooku because, like, it sounded like Count Dooku to me. Yeah. So I was, I was saying Cor, okay. Cor Dooku. All right. Outside, Ray prepares to depart on her X-wing. Finn pleads with her not to leave, saying that he knows he can become a Jedi. Ray says that she has to go for his sake. Ray travels to the planet Cordoku with BB-8, 
but has trouble finding the temple amidst the colored clouds. Ray finds that her X-Wing is flying towards a mountain and tells BB-8 to pull up, narrowly escaping a collision. She finds the temple is within a mountain with three peaks. The snow-capped mountain is surrounded by a snowy forest. Ray lands her X-Wing and approaches the entrance to the temple, a narrow way through a rock face. Above, the Aurora Borealis glows over the mountain uh, temple. Ray is impressed by the architecture. BB-8 follows, but is covered by snow. Ray brushes aside snow covering a circular doorway and uses the force to summon a blue-green crystal, which she believes to be the key to the galaxy's past, but wonders what it opens. And then we move into the next segment, Adventures in Time, which is really, you know, now the movie's kicking off. <laughs> this yeah. is all just set up, and here we go. As she holds the, ar- the artifact and ponders what, uh, about what it unlocks, the door begins revolving, opening a portal through space. When Ray puts down the crystal, the door closes. Ray turns the crystal, reopening the portal into the Force Gateway. Ray is sucked into the Force Gateway and lands in the swamps of Dagobah. There, she witnesses a younger Luke Skywalker training under Master Yoda's tutelage, while R2-D2 watches. As part of the training, Luke has to stand upside down while he levitates Yoda and several tools. Yoda then tells Luke to concentrate. Rey is excited that she might learn some profound Jedi wisdom. Luke grumbles that all the blood is starting to rush to his head, but Yoda tells him to concentrate. Just then, R2-D2 starts beeping, and Luke loses his concentration. Ray believes that she can learn something from this. Luke attempts to use the Force to lift his X-Wing starfighter out of the swamps of Dagobah. Yoda tells him that there is no try. And I forgot to write it down, but like, I like how Luke was like, but isn't trying a good thing? And like, Yoda's like, no participation trophies for Jedi are there. <laughs> but, um, Luke suggests that, that try. oh, here it is. Luke suggests uh, that trying is a good thing. Yoda responds that the participation trophies are not for Jedi. Luke tries to lift his X-Wing out of the swamps, but fails. Just then, BB-8 is grabbed by a swamp slug. As uh, she struggles, Rey touches the crystal, which opens the portal. The portal takes them back to the Kordoku Temple. Rey realizes that the crystal is a key to the galaxy's past that helps make uh, that helps make the Jedi's future clearer. Rey thinks that she can tra- train Finn by traveling back in time to watch other Jedi Masters train their students. Rey convinces a reluctant BB-8 to follow her aboard the Trade Federation battleship where Master Qui-Gon Jinn and his Padawan Obi-Wan Kenobi are waiting to meet the Trade Federation for negotiation during the Naboo trade dispute. Kenobi is bored, which is just fantastic in the movie. I, I love the... like he's oh Yeah. Man, yeah. But Master Jin tells him that Jedi do not seek adventure. Just then, the Trade Federation fl- uh, floods the meeting room with gas. Kenobi yearns for the adventure, and the two ignite their lightsabers. Rey and BB-8 then travel in time to Coruscant, following the assassination attempt on Senator Padme Almodala. The two end up above the turbo lift carrying an old Master Kenobi and his Padawan, Anakin Skywalker. Kenobi senses that Anakin is eager to see Padme, but he reminds him that they are on a mission. Kenobi tells Skywalker that he must be completely aware of his surroundings. Rey is excited to see the older Jedi, but BB-8 tries to warn her not to let them see her. The two are noticed by Kenobi and Skywalker, who ignite their lightsabers. Rey says hi before turning the crystal and opening the portal. Later, 
Rebel Alliance X-Wings launch their attack on the Death Star during the Battle of Yavin. As Luke and R2-D2 fly their starfighter through the Death Star Trench, Rey and BB-8 land in the cockpit, interrupting Luke as he is trying to aim his starfighter's, canyons, uh, his starfighter's cannon at the reactor shaft. Luke hears the Force Spirit of Kenobi telling him to use the Force. Luke pushes Rey out of the way as he tries to find his targeting computer. Just then, Darth Vader strikes R2-D2 with a blast from his tie. Kenobi implores Luke to use the Force. Rey tells Skywalker to listen to his master. Meanwhile, Han Solo shoots Vader's escort TIE fighters and damages Vader's TIE advance, causing it to spin out of control. Solo tells Skywalker to blow up the Death Star and go home. After firing a missile down the reactor shaft, Skywalker jets his starfighter out of the Death Star. The Death Star explodes. Before Skywalker can thank Rey, she travels back in time. Solo hears that over the intercom and tells Luke that he is welcome, believing Skywalker was referring to him. Returning to the present, Rey tells BB-8 that they helped Skywalker blow up the Death Star. Rey is excited and says that this is the best life day ever. Uh, that Sorry, that part cracked me up when uh, um, Han was like, oh, you're welcome in the movie. Um, yeah. But next we move into the segment, A Messy Preparation. Back aboard the Millennium Falcon, Poe and his team prepare decorations and lights with the help of the Porgs. Poe sucking at everything, as per usual. Always. Uh, however, the Porgs let go of one of the cables, which crashes into the ice power droid. Rose realizes that they still need a tree and sends Chewbacca to fetch one, while she and Finn clean the mess. When Finn remarks that Ray said that they would not notice if she was gone, he says that he noticed. Meanwhile, Poe roasts a piece of tip-yip meat over the exhaust engines of the, of the Falcon. Rose is horrified by Poe's recklessness. The tip-yip meat is scorched and only extinguished by Dio. Just then, Chewbacca and the Porgs cause a tree to fall, which lands on the hull of the Falcon. So everything's just going bad. Yeah. I do love the Porgs in this entire thing. Yeah. Oh, and I love when uh, Chewbacca's family shows up and try to eat them. And yeah. Chewbacca's like, no! Like, don't no, eat don't eat them! Also, I just love that we're on Kashyyyk and, like, we got Chewie and his family. Like, Have you ever seen the 78 uh, special? Okay, well, you're lucky. <laughs> because I sought it out, and it's really hard to find. It is on the internet, if you know the right places to look. Um, but George Lucas wanted every copy destroyed. Like, he was like, I, it was a horrible idea. Meanwhile, do you know how much Life Day merch they have in the parks? George Lucas. Well, so much. They celebrate that. George isn't in control of it anymore. Oh, I know. But the only things that are... We need to buy Life Day rooms. <laughs> only... Why are we not filming this in our Life Day rooms? So, it has it has the whole cast in it. Like, it has Mark mm -hmm. Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and everything. But Mark Hamill was filming a different movie at the time, so he has this terrible even lighter blonde colored hair and not cut like luke skywalker's hair at all haircut in mm -hmm. it harrison ford doesn't want to be there the whole time and you can, <laughs> you can clearly see it um yeah um the uh, only, the, carrie fisher was good in it like and she was like she she sings a song and she's like excited to be there and everything but then there's also really weird things like b arthur sings a song she's a bartender at this weird bar that's supposed to be like the bar from um episode four but she sings a song and it's really weird. And it's like, why is this B. Arthur? Uh, it also has the introduction of Boba Fett. It's the first time you see Boba Fett, but it's a cartoon. So I'm like, yeah, you know, it doesn't really count. But like it's showing off how cool and badass Boba Fett is, which, you know, I have problems with. 
And the first 40 minutes of it? No, the first 20 minutes of it are Chewbacca's family trying to find out where Chewbacca is, but they're speaking in Wookiee, and there's no subtitles. So it's just, like, the three of them going... (laughs) Back and forth for about 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, With, like, no subtitles or anything. So, yeah. It's really bad. And there's also... I can't remember his name, but he was a very fat comedian. Um, And I'm sorry to say that. Like, I shouldn't have described him that way. But he was popular at the time in the 70s. And I can't remember his name right now. But he's also taking part with Chewbacca's family. And he's, like, betraying them to the Empire... So that they can be slaves and stuff. But he makes terrible jokes throughout the whole special. It's just, it's really bad. And yeah, I agree with George Lucas that every copy should be destroyed. <laughs> um, if they want to remake it now, make it all animated, you know, maybe maybe it would be better. But it, it, it's not very good at all. Uh, like I said, Carrie Fisher sings a nice song that's alright. And I don't know. I forget what the other good thing I said about it was. Interesting. But, yeah, it's not very good. But let's move on to the next segment, Stepping Into Peril. And meanwhile, on Karduku, Rey is excited by her adventures of encountering previous Jedi Masters. BB-8 wants to go home, but Rey insists on seeing one more Master and Apprentice for Finn. Yoda warns that even though she did not know it, her quest was fraught with peril. Aboard the second Death Star, Emperor Palpatine gloats over his trap for the Rebel Alliance above Endor. He tells Darth Vader that the Rebels will discover too late that the second Death Star is fully operational and boasts of their impending destruction. Palpatine wants to rule the galaxy for eternity. And you know, I'm a sucker for comedic Palpatine, so here on out, it's just (laughs) perfect. Um, (laughs) Vader disagrees and opines that the Death Star 2 feels derivative. He suggests Starkiller Base, but the Emperor disagrees. Just as Rey and BB-8 enter through the time portal, Vader reminds the Emperor that today is Life Day. He gives the Emperor a mug saying, Galaxy's Best Emperor, as a gift. The Emperor is dismissive of the gift and hurls the mug aside, causing it to bounce off BB-8. And I wrote a note down here saying, While I may not enjoy an idiot Poe, Vader and Palpatine as idiots is fantastic. Like, cracks me up every time. Rey says that this is not what she had in mind. She and BB-8 activate the portal and leave the second Death Star. However, the Emperor and Vader see the portal. The Emperor, the Emperor hurls the mug through the portal, prompting Vader to complain that he had to search hard to find it. However, the Emperor is more interested in the source of the portal and sends Lord Vader through the portal to investigate. Before Rey and BB-8 can go home, they are followed by Darth Vader who ignites his lightsaber. Meanwhile, Poe and the others have finished decorating the Millennium Falcon in preparation for Chewie's family. Poe is excited and starts to enjoy the music. Which I love that um, Max Rebo is alive in this. And they even make the joke like, oh, isn't it supposed to be Max Rebo in the Rebo 7 or whatever? Like, where's the other? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I was so excited when I watched this. I was like, Max Rebo is here? Yeah. I, be- I believe canonically he actually does die in like when Jabba's thing yeah. blows up. I think he's on there and he does. But, you know, and resurrect him. You know, you brought back Palpatine, bring back Max Rebo. It's fine. Rebo. Um, I want him and uh, uh, Dexter Jester, whatever his name was, mm-hmm. from episode two to have a show together. They can, oh, please. They can run a bar together. Dexter oh. Jester can be, and Rebo can be the piano player. Love um, it. Shortly, Disney. No, it's fine. Chop, chop, chop. Shortly later, 
three Wookiees arrive. The two younger Wookiees go for the food, while an older gray Wookiee attempts to eat a porg, but is stopped by Chewbacca. The gray Wookiee defrosts a frozen First Order BB-8 series astromech droid. Rose is concerned that the party is deteriorating, and Finn adds that Poe might lose arms. Poe asks who's up for party games, but this doesn't work. Rose and Finn decide to send out a distress signal. I, I literally love that they're like, you gotta clean up Poe's mess. Like, yeah. I think, like, as much as I like the other sections, I just love the sections with Poe and all them trying to, like, figure out how to celebrate Life Day and failing miserably. Mm. For me, I just love the, the time travel adventure of it. Like, it's... It, it, at one point, I was like, "All right, well, now it's ridiculous. Like, what's going to happen?" And it, they just wrap it up by having Ray wrap it up. But you know, it it, it was fine. <laughs> but <clears throat> we move into the next segment: misadventures with Lord Vader. Back on Corduku, Vader uses the Force to snatch the green crystal out of Ray's hands. While the Sith Lord tries to figure out what the device is, Ray charges at him with her lightsaber. Vader uses the Force to bring down rocks, separating them. Ray, however, uses her Force powers to cast aside the rocks. She hurls the rocks at him, but Vader deflects them with the Force and his lightsaber. He asks if she is a Jedi, and Rey confirms that this is so. The two fight over the green crystal, causing the key to open a portal, sucking them inside. BB-8 is left behind. Rey and Lord Vader emerge at Echo Base during the Battle of Hoth. As the two parry, Lord Vader is impressed by Rey and says that he almost feels bad having to destroy her. Before he can finish her, the command center is struck by a laser cannon. The past Lord Vader walks into the base with a contingent of cold-weather assault stormtroopers. The past Lord Vader and his troopers encounter the future Lord Vader. One of the snowtroopers is confused, causing the past Lord Vader to choke him. The past Lord Vader orders the troopers to seize the base, but the future Lord Vader tells them to seize the girl. Which I'm glad that the summary has it, because I was confused for a moment which one was which, so... The past Vader exerts his authority, prompting a lightsaber duel between the two Vaders. The two Vaders size up their force powers before realizing they are the same person. Both Vaders order their snowtroopers to destroy Rey. She manages to activate a portal and, es and escape. The future Lord Vader and two snowtroopers follow. The past Lord Vader orders the troops to continue their mission to seize the rebel base. On Mustafar... Obi-Wan Kenobi and the fallen Anakin Skywalker, who has become Darth Vader, are dueling on platforms above the Molten Lake. The two snowtroopers land on floating platforms while Rey and the future Vader land on separate ones and parry. One of the snowtroopers passes the green kyber crystal, which Rey dropped to Lord Vader, but Rey snatches it midair with the Force. Rey, the future Vader, the snowtroopers, Kenobi, and Anakin slide down the time portal as the lava flows down a valley. On Navarro, oh god, I can never, it's uh, Jin... Dinjarin. Dinjarin, okay, thank you. On Navarro, the Mandalorian <laughs> and Groku uh, shelter behind a wall as Moff Gideon's stormtroopers and the death troopers converge on them. Rey, the future Darth Vader, Kenobi, Anakin, and the two uh, snowtroopers fall through the portal. Spotting Grogu, Rey and Vader say he is so cute. They open a portal in the ground, taking some stormtroopers and death troopers with them. And I wrote down a note saying Grogu cameo, although I wrote Grogu. <laughs> um, uh, Grogu cameo, yes, so cute. 
And I love that even Vader says, ah, when he sees him. So you have to remember, this was like height of Baby Yoda, like, oh, yeah. obsession. This yeah. was like when Mandalorian just came out for the first time. Exactly. So like, we, didn't, we didn't know his name at this time. Yeah, we didn't even know it was Grogu, but yeah. like, height of the Baby Yoda obsession mm. for everybody. Which was seriously the best kept secret uh, for, I, I knew nothing about baby, baby yoda, yoda like when until they revealed him and everything i was like oh my god like Disney, what is that yeah, i was like they did it they got they got this, this is their money right here like and they they're making it off of them and good for them for it i literally just spent 40 dollars on a giant grogu plushie at disneyland so have you ever seen any of the alternate designs for what grogu might have looked like no oh some of them are horrifying <laughs> I'm sure they are. Like, it's just like, oh, thank God they went with the decision that they... <laughs> they went with they, the cute one. Yeah, they went with ones that were closer to what Yoda actually looks mm. like, but, like, some were younger, some were just chubby, like, <laughs> but looked like Yoda, like, but, like, having, like, the big dark eyes really makes them cute, rather than having white eyes like Yoda has and everything. On Tatooine, a nine-year-old Anakin Skywalker races against Sebulba in pod racers during... Okay, yeah, they race in pod racers. I'm not gonna... The Bhutan Eve classic. The Bhutan Eve. <laughs> you know, I went through this once, and I was mostly concentrating on the fact... Because the thing that I love about Star Wars fans is that they're very thorough. So every single ship had its name and its class and, like, like <laughs> everything. And I was like, no, I'm not gonna say that it's in x-style series 12b like i was like nope get rid of that but Nobody yeah cares. yeah I, did, I didn't pay close enough attention because we have the bunta eve classic just then the portal opens and a snow trooper and two stormtroopers land on sebulba's pod racer ray and darth vader land on opposite sides of the engines of anakin's pod racer one of the uh, snow troopers lands in the desert while an older anakin and kenobi land besides land beside the younger anakin uh, do, do, do. Oh, God, I forget how to, I looked up how to say this guy's name. The dude with two heads says... Fodzenbeed <laughs> Anadul. Yeah, I looked up how to say it and I couldn't remember. Thank you. Says that whichever end of the universe they came from, the fall must hurt. The crystal is caught between the force field generators by Sebulba's engines, causing it to suck everyone but the stranded uh, snow trooper into the time portal. I just love that it keeps getting more and more people through the portals. Like, oh. we're just <laughs> yeah. massive army of people falling through a portal every time now. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, and it just keeps building and building. As Ray and Lord Vader fight, the clone troopers catch up with them and tell them to pull over. The motion ge uh, generated by Sebulba's pod racing engine triggers the crystal key, which sucks everyone onto the planet Exegol. Ray attempts to summon the crystal, but... It generates a portal on the hull of the of a Star Destroyer, sucking everyone, including a group of First Order Stormtroopers, in with them. While falling through the portal, Rey and Lord Vader continue their duel, rapidly entering and exiting a large number of portals, gathering more and more people with them. Finally, <laughs> on Tatooine, an adolescent Luke Skywalker watches the twin sons of Tatooine setting over the Lars homestead while drinking blue milk. Very important that he had that blue milk with them. Um, the portal opens, dumping everyone in the desert. As everyone gathers, three different versions of Obi-Wan Kenobi greet each other. A legless Darth Maul clears his throat. Other people include both an older and younger Han Solo, Greedo, and numerous clone troopers, stormtroopers, first order jet troopers, and Sith troopers, among other combatants, 
of the struggle between the light and dark throughout the uh, throughout galactic history. The two solos agree to shoot <laughs> Greedo first, and a battle commences between the forces of light and dark. Which it was just convenient that everyone landed up on the sides, like, oh, all yep. the bad guys landed over here and all the good guys landed <laughs> over there. Ray and Lord Vader continue their fight. Lord Vader remarks that someone has trained her well. Hmm, interesting. Ray remarks that she, uh, that he has no idea. Just then, Luke Skywalker asks who they are. Ray recognizes him as a younger Master Skywalker, while Darth while Darth Vader recognizes his son, but pretends to be referring to the twin sons of Tatooine. Luke notices the green crystal and asks what it is. When Ray and Vader charge at uh, after him. He tells them this is a private farm. The two tackle Skywalker and the three of them get sucked through a portal. And we move on to the next segment in Sith hands. Back on Kordoku, BB-8 is playing with his igniter when the green crystal drops, followed by Rey, Vader, and the younger Luke Skywalker. Rey asks where the key is. BB-8 retrieves the key and tries to roll away. However, Lord Vader uses the for force to hurl BB-8 aside and retrieve the green crystal. He activates the portal and departs with the mug. I was so... I cracked up when he picked that back. Oh, like he picked it back up and took it with him. Ray tries to follow him, but the portal closes. Ray says that this is the worst life day ever, while Luke drinks some more blue milk. <laughs> At the second Death Star, the Emperor spins his chair when Lord Vader returns with the green crystal, uh, crystal key. Vader explains that this is this is the key, a key that allows them to travel through space and time. He says that he witnessed its awesome power and believes that they can use it to rule the galaxy. The Emperor, however, wants to go to the future where the Jedi are destroyed, the Rebellion is crushed, and they reign supreme. The Emperor decides to go, oh, I don't know, 30 years into the future. In the future, the now supreme leader Kylo Ren is fiddling about shirtless in his chamber while General Hux stumbles upon him. Hux informs him that they have sent ships ahead to the... Uh, God, I'm laughing at it because I've just read it. To the pectoral locations. Hux stutters before withdrawing. <laughs> Were they, like, like queer-coding Hux here, do you think? Because he just... Or, or was it, like... Because, honestly, when I watched Last Jedi... The shirtless scene of Ky of Kylo did nothing for it. like I was like I was like oh like whatever he's shirtless like we've seen Luke shirtless we've seen Anakin shirtless like I'm like I didn't get why it was such a big internet like people they came up with the Ben Swolo like meme and everything like that like I was mm -hmm. like whatever Adam Driver used to be a Marine so he's got muscles like what what he's shirt like what's the big deal like I d I didn't get it like I don't know but it was a a big deal on the internet but. And they worked it here into the movie, but... Listen, I don't understand Adam Driver love anyway. I don't get it. I think he's a, a good enough actor, but yeah, I would I agree. mean, like, attraction-wise, like... I Listen, we're gonna bring back up that Matt Smith argument from well over a year ago if we get into Adam Driver, because I kind of feel like they're on the same level, and so that I know so many women that are just infatuated with Matt Smith, but I feel like Adam Driver and him are on the same level, so if you don't see it with... Adam Driver, I don't know how you could see it with Matt Smith, but... I don't know, I'm not really big on Matt Smith either, so... Well, the, the, what did we spend, like, we spent like ten minutes arguing about Matt Smith in a previous episode, like a year ago, and whether he was I don't remember or... what, what were we watching that he was in that we were arguing about? It was, we were talking, I think it was one of the uh, ill-fated Game of Thrones episodes, because <laughs> he was on House of the Dragon. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, we, we spent a 
I think I edited it down to about two minutes of us arguing about it, but we spent a good portion of time arguing about Matt Smith's attraction levels. But yeah, I, I feel like they're on the same level. So well, then you're in agreement with me then, because you said you don't really see it. You defended him. Last- You've changed. <laughs> Were you just being contrarian to me? Or, or Maybe. I don't know. Let's get this episode okay, over right, with. Sorry. Um, <laughs> The emperor, uh, the emperor grumbles about Kylo Ren being the supreme leader, but their voices are heard by Kylo Ren, who is excited to see his grandfather and the emperor. The emperor tells Ren that they came through a life day miracle. Kylo Ren is excited to see his hero, but Lord Vader is unnerved by his fan art. Kylo Ren tells his guests that he uh, just made himself supreme leader, but the emperor wants to know if he actually rules the galaxy in the future. Kylo Ren decides to update his guests about their history, and the Emperor tells him to put a shirt on. Back on Kordoku, Luke Skywalker asks where they are and who Rey is. Rey explains that she is just the Jedi Master who let Darth Vader on the loose to who knows where or when. As Rey attends to BB-8, Skywalker says that he is only a moisture farmer and has no idea who Darth Vader is, but is an expert on vaporators. Seeing BB-8 damaged, Luke offers to help repair BB-8, restoring the droid. Rey is impressed with Luke's mechanical skills, while Luke is curious about the spherical droid and takes an immediate liking to him. Back in the future, the Emperor learns the truth about his betrayal and death at the hands of Lord Vader during the Battle of Endor from Kylo Ren. The Emperor asks Ren for his lightsaber and toys uh, with his crossguard blade. The Emperor is impressed and asks Kylo if he wears a mask. Kylo replies that he broke broke it, showing his Sith guests the altar where it rests. The Emperor uses the Force to repair Kylo Ren's helmet. Vader is impressed, but the Emperor asks uh, Kylo Ren if he would betray his master under any circumstance. This causes Ren to call uh, his role in the murder of the previous Supreme Leader Snoke. Kylo lies and says that he would not throw his master down a reactor shaft. The Emperor activates the time portal with the crystal and invites Kylo Ren to change their destiny. (laughs) (laughs) What a liar. Well, he he goes, "Mm, I wouldn't throw you down a reactor shaft. So he doesn't really lie. He just avoids answering the question. Saving the party is the next segment. Meanwhile, Chewbacca's hungry and bored family waits aboard the Millennium Falcon. Chewbacca chides his gray-furred relative for swallowing a porg yet again. Poe notices Finn and Rose are smiling and asks why they are enjoying the biggest disaster since Jar Jar Binks' galactic senate speech. Rose points out that she has invited Max Rebo to set up uh, a drum. Poe asks why they invited Max since nobody has listened to him in 30 years. Poe asks where the rest of the band is and thinks that this won't work. At that point, uh, they are interrupted by Lando Calrissian, who praises Poe and his team's efforts. He is accompanied by... Janna and Max... Uh, Maz Kanata. Maz Kanata, thank you. And Maz Kanata, who is delighted to see her boyfriend Chewbacca. Uh, Poe asks what is going on. Ray says that life day is about being with friends and family. Finn adds, the more the merrier. They are joined by several Jawas, Ro- uh, Rodan, and an Ewok. When Poe asks if they had a plan to feed them, Rose gestures toward Zori Bliss, who has brought us uh, several pieces of tip-yip. Amon Calamari gives Lando Calrissian a present, a wrap, <laughs> which turns out to be a blue cape. While Max Rebo plays his drum, Finn and Rose sing a festive song in Huddies, 
which cheers up everyone but Poe. Rose senses Poe's despondency and asks what is wrong. Poe replies with joy. Next, we have the Emperor's new... Because he has nothing to do with it going well. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, next, we have the Emperor's new apprentice. Aboard the second Death Star, the Emperor and Kylo Ren regale about the Death Star's and Starkiller base. They are interrupted by Vader, whose presence the Emperor does not welcome. The Emperor sends Darth Vader to fetch Luke Skywalker from the forest moon of Endor. Vader grumbly com complies before leaving. In Vader's absence, Ren warns the Emperor that sending Vader to fetch Skywalker will lead to the exact same chain of events, which ends up with Vader hurling the Emperor down a reactor shaft. Kylo Ren warns that there is no coming back from that and asks uh, the Emperor if he is worried about his apprentice betraying him. The Emperor dismisses Vader as his former apprentice. And I wrote a note here saying Kylo looking right at the camera when he says to the Emperor, there is no coming back to that. Um, but he's really talking to the audience, not uh, to yeah. the Emperor. Next, we move on to Rey's lesson. Back on Kardoku, Rey regrets her uh, recklessness. Yoda speaks to her and materializes in spectral form. Rey tells Yoda that she failed to teach Finn and to stop Darth Vader and find a way out. Yoda responds that all teachers fail and says that he erred in teaching Luke on Dagobah. Rey says that this is different, but Yoda reassures her that she can learn from failure to be a better student or a better teacher. Uh, Yoda tells her that he will show her what she failed to see before showing a forced vision of her friend celebrating Life Day aboard the Millennium Falcon. As Rey watches, a Christmas tree tr uh, topples. I believe it should say a Life Day tree topples. But Finn uses his wooden blade to prevent it from crashing to the ground. When Rose asks where he learned it, Finn replies that Rey taught him to be mindful of his surroundings. Yoda reassures her that Finn is wise. Rey disagrees and says that she studied and memorized the Jedi texts. Rey realizes that she, uh, by focusing too much on the books, she hurt Finn's feelings and forgot about him. Yoda says a Jedi needs knowledge and training, but these are useless without connection. Yoda shows Rey visions of various Jedi masters with their students, including Qui-Gon Jinn, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Anakin, Yoda, and Luke. Rey realizes that these masters and students shared a friendship. Yoda asks if Rey understands. Rey says yes, and he wishes her a happy life day. Before Yoda leaves, Rey asks him what she should do about Vader and the Emperor. Yoda replies that he showed her all she needed to know and tells her that she had the power all along before disappearing. Luke asks if she managed to find the key, but Rey says no. Luke asks if that was what Yoda meant when he said she had the power all along. Rey realizes that Luke saw the vision and thanks, to him, and thanks him for teaching her something. Rey meditates and uses the Force to light up the other crystals in the cave. Holding Luke's hand, she commands the crystals into a circle around them. Together with Luke and BB-8, they enter a portal created by many crystals. Next, we move on to connecting and letting go. Back on the second Death Star, the Emperor asks if Kylo Ren understands the plan. Ren stops spinning on the Emperor's throne and says that when Vader returns with Luke Skywalker, he will chuck them both down the reactor shaft. The Emperor is pleased and vows to rule the galaxy with Ren by his side. Ren, however, is unsure, but the Emperor displays a hologram chart showing that the Emperor is clearly above the Supreme Leader. Ren is willing to throw Skywalker down the reactor shaft, but is not keen on throwing his grandfather down too. The Emperor warns Kylo not to get cold feet. Just then, a time portal appears and Rey exits. As she enters the Emperor's throne, she calls out to Kylo Ren through his original name, Ben Solo. Confused, the Emperor asks Ren who Ben is. 
Ren rejects his former identity and says that he is the supreme leader Kylo Ren. A younger Luke Skywalker then exits the portal, and his presence enrages his nephew. The Emperor orders Ren to destroy them. Rey and Kylo engage in a lightsaber duel. Ren gains the upper hand and hurls Rey against a wall. The Emperor and the Emperor cheers. Luke yells that no one hurts his friend and hurls a carton of blue milk at Kylo Ren. Ren uses the Force to intercept the contents and hurl it back at Skywalker. The Emperor orders Ren to destroy Skywalker. Before he can do, do so, BB-8 blocks his path long enough for Rey to intercept the blade with her lightsaber. The Emperor orders Ren to also kill Rey and Darth Vader as well. Which is interesting, it never came up that she's his granddaughter in yeah, this at all. Like, not at all. Yeah, I like, mean, that's because that's how early it was, though. You yeah, know? I kept expecting it, but it just, it just never happened. Just then, Lord Vader arrives with the older Luke Skywalker. Ren is surprised to see his uncle. Vader asks the Emperor what he meant by destroying Vader too. The Emperor is caught off guard, and Rey takes this opportunity to throw Kylo Ren into Vader. Rey enlists the older Luke Skywalker's help. The Emperor convinces Vader and Ren to join him in the fight against Rey and Skywalker. A lightsaber battle ensues, with Kylo Ren fighting Luke and Rey fighting Darth Vader. Kylo Ren tells Skywalker that he has always hated him, but the older Skywalker says that he has never met him before. The Emperor unleashes Force Lightning. Rey charges at him, but is intercepted by Kylo Ren. To Rey's surprise, Ren deactivates his lightsaber, offers his hand, and invites her to rule the galaxy with him. While the Emperor is briefly distracted by Ren and Rey's interaction, BB-8 takes the key from his hand. Ren attempts to use the Force to get the key from BB-8, but it flies past him to Rey. Call back to Episode 7 with the lightsabers. Yeah. A saddened Rey looks at Kylo Ren and calls him Ben again, as she says goodbye to him while using the key to send him back to his ship. Ren's helmet shatters as he throws a tantrum by destroying his room with a, a lightsaber, and a horrified General Hux sneaks out of the room. Back aboard the Emperor's throne room, the Emperor attacks the older Luke Skywalker with Force Lightning, weakening him. The Emperor then unleashes Force Lightning on Darth Vader, crippling him. The Emperor invites Rey to join him as his new, new apprentice, and Rey rejects the offer, telling him that he has failed before and will fail again. She says that good will always triumph over evil. The Emperor attacks her with Force Lightning and threatens to destroy both Skywalkers, Ren, and Vader if she does not join him. Vowing to rule the galaxy by himself, the Emperor summons the blue-green crystal and attempts to summon the Time Portal. Rey stops him. The Emperor dismisses her as pathetic and asks if she thinks she can defeat him alone. Rey responds that she is not alone. The older Luke Skywalker comes to Rey's aid and uses the Force to levitate the green crystal. Rey asks Luke if she remembers the first Force lesson to let go. Luke lets go, causing the crystal to slam into the Emperor and Vader, who crash into the Emperor's throne. With the Sith distracted, Rey departs with the younger Luke Skywalker and BB-8. She tells the older Luke that she is putting his younger self back where he belongs. The older Luke stays behind and watches as Vader flings the Emperor down the reactor shaft, telling him that he has had enough taking orders from him. He also throws the Emperor's mug down, wishing him a happy life day. As the Emperor plummets to his death, he realizes that he was so mean and decides to change his ways. Distracted, he hits the reactor shaft and is lost to the abyss. So we move on to the final segment, a Celebration of Life. Rey takes the younger Luke Skywalker back to Tatooine. She tells BB-8 that he will be fine because he is one tough Jedi, even though he doesn't know it yet. 
Rey then takes out the various combatants back to their time zones before returning to the Jedi Temple on Kordoku. Back at the Millennium Falcon, Poe and the others celebrate. Rey arrives and is delighted that she made it back in time. BB-8 tells an incredulous C-3PO about his encounters with the numerous Master Skywalkers. Rey tells Finn that she found what she was looking for was right here before hugging him. Poe invites Finn to cut up the tip-yip, but Rey gives Finn the honors of doing so. Finn ignites her lightsaber, and Rey says that she is ready to train him. Attempting to focus on letting go, Finn cuts the table in half by mistake, but Rey says that they will work on that together. Just then it begins snowing on Kashyyyk. Everyone rushes out to enjoy the snow. One of the Wookiees hurls BB-8. Poe and Zori spend a tender moment together. Rey sees the four spirits of Luke and Leia Skywalker. And Yoda ends the story by saying that Life Day is a time for family and friends before wishing the viewer a happy Life Day. And a happy Life Day to all. <laughs> and my final note here was, oh my god, Yoda's little outfit at the end. I love it. I know, it's so cute. Yeah. So should we go into our overall scores then? Or... I guess I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't have notes for this. This is one of those things where like, it's very straightforward. Uh, I don't know. I like this. I've seen it a couple times. I gave it a 7 out of 10. It's a cute little animated special. It's a good Christmas thing, but I don't know. I think I like the other ones more. Interesting. Well, I wrote down, so we ended up going backwards in our coverage of the Lego Star Wars specials, having first done Summer Vacation, then Terrifying Tales, and now the Holiday Special. However, I'm kind of glad we did that. Because while they are all great in their own ways, this one is by far my favorite. I think the humor is top-notch, and I appreciate a single narrative rather than different segments cutting back and forth from an overall story. However, I do have one criticism that annoyed me throughout the special. Helen Sadler as Ray. She just didn't sound anything like Daisy Ridley to me, but rather someone doing a really bad Daisy Ridley impression. Which, since she's the protagonist and has the most lines of the special, got really old really fast. I do think her voice improve performance improved, as I didn't notice this annoyance in either of the other two specials that we covered, and she was the voice actress for those. And between the book opening in the beginning, the Meta Grogu uh, cameo, like them saying how cute he is, and Yoda's amazing outfit at the end, uh, seriously, where can I buy a figure that has that? Uh, the special started strong and stayed strong throughout. All things considered, I'm giving Lego Star Wars Holiday Special a 9 out of 10, a nearly perfect holiday special that I will watch for years to come. With all that out of the way, this has been the Once Again Podcast. Any questions, comments, or critiques can be addressed to our email at onceagainpod at gmail.com. Follow us on our social media accounts, Once Again Pod, all one word, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you'd like to contribute to the podcast, we have several tiers available on patreon.com slash onceagainpod. As always, a like, follow, or share would be greatly appreciated. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. And remember, we will entertain you. We will always entertain you. Happy Tim Allen.
Rumpelstiltskin always says that magic comes with a price. But for this price, you can get a nice piece of jewelry. Use code ONCEPOD for 10% off your first order at Unusual Magic Jewelry on Etsy. Click the link in the description.